Listener supported. WNYC Studios. From WNYC, this is Money Talking. I'm Charlie Herman. Well, a new theme week in Washington. At any moment, President Trump will kick off his Made in America week. Made in America week. Made in America week. Made in America week. It's Made in America week. As President Trump looks to fulfill a theme of his administration, America first. And part of that is to bring manufacturing jobs back to the United States. So this week at the White House, he spotlighted companies and workers making products here at home. In just a few moments, I'll be signing a presidential proclamation to launch Made in America Week and to make today Made in America Day. But this pledge is inconsistent with his family's own business practices as many Trump products are manufactured overseas, especially the clothing line created by his daughter and White House advisor, Ivanka Trump. Matea Gold is a reporter with The Washington Post who, with several of her colleagues, has examined the first daughter's business and joins me now. Good morning, Matea. Great to be with you. So you spent four months reporting this story. What did you learn? Well, we set out to answer two questions. One, what was the extent of the foreign production by the brand owned by the first daughter? And secondly, what kind of oversight did she have when she was running the company on a day-to-day basis over the workforce and the foreign factories that were producing her goods. And what we learned was that her clothes, handbags, and shoes are all made exclusively in foreign factories in Asia right now by low-wage workers who have a limited ability to advocate for themselves, and that the brand itself lags behind many others in the industry when it comes to oversight of that supply chain. And what is her current relationship with her company? She continues to own the company. She stepped down from daily management of it after her father was elected. But she does continue to own it, and she has the ability to veto or approve new deals that come before the company. And so it very much still is her brand, even though she's not involved in the management on a day-to-day basis. Now, you said you found some of the places where the clothes were manufactured, and there are questions or concerns about the workplace conditions. This has been an ongoing issue for a lot of clothing manufacturers and retailers, that they want to make sure that what's being produced overseas is being done in fair ways or that people are not being exploited. What is the situation with her clothing line? Yeah, there really has been an interesting development over the last two decades, really, since I think American consumers first started becoming more aware of the exploitation of foreign workers back, you'll remember some of the scandals involving Nike in the 1990s, for example. There's a much more proactive effort by many apparel companies, large and small now, to give consumers some reassurances that workers are being treated in an ethical manner, that labor laws are being followed, and that they also have a handle on their production, that they know the factories where their goods are being made. So one of the things that was striking about Ivanka Trump's brand is that They have a code of conduct for their suppliers, they told us, but they really rely on the suppliers who are producing the goods to certify that they are complying with that code. They did not publicly release the language of the code, and they also don't share the countries where their goods are made or the factories that make them, unlike many other companies in the apparel industry right now. So as you found some of those people who are making those clothes, what were some of the stories that you heard? The stories we heard from workers, which I should note is a largely female workforce internationally that works in the garment industry, often the people working in these factories say that they are barely making ends meet, that they still have trouble just covering their bare minimum monthly expenses. There's also complaints about 
intense pressure, even verbal abuse from supervisors at time who say they have to work faster to keep up with production loads. And we also talked to women in an Indonesia factory town who can't even afford to keep their children with them because they can't afford childcare. They actually live an hour, two hours away from their children who are often back in their home villages with their parents, and they only get to see them once a week or once a month. What's the response been from Ivanka's company? It was very interesting. We sat down with Abigail Clem, who's the president of the Ivanka Trump brand, and she told us that the brand had not taken some of these measures earlier because they were newer and smaller than other companies, and that they actually are making moves now to bring in a workers' right consultant, a, a nonprofit group. And I think it's worth noting that the motto of Ivanka Trump's company is women who work. That was a theme she developed while she was running the company. And it really is the portfolio that she's brought with her to the White House in which she's talked about helping women across the world who are trying to balance both family and work-life issues. Now, as we heard at the top, the president has been focusing on his pledge to buy American, hire American with this week of events that's been happening So how does Ivanka's business fit in with her father's agenda? So when we were speaking with Clem, she talked about how as an apparel brand, as much as they would like to produce here in the United States, it's incredibly difficult to do so on a large-scale fashion. In fact, she said it's just not possible at this moment. She said often there aren't workers trained in doing this kind of tasks that the garment workers do in these factories overseas. And there's sometimes not even the machinery available to do this in a large-scale way. The White House in many ways seems to be agreeing with what the CEO of Ivanka's brand is saying now. We had the White House press secretary this week when asked about Ivanka's business say this. I mean, there are certain industries that we don't do as much anymore, and there are certain things that we do do more. In terms of scalability, there are certain things that that we may not have the capacity to do here in terms of having a plant or a factory that can do it. So is the White House being consistent when they're saying we want to bring jobs back and at the same time acknowledging that it may be difficult? Accomplishing this goal of restoring America's manufacturing industries is not going to be an easy task. And Sean Spicer sort of conceded that for some industries and for the president's daughter's company. It might not be practical. And so I do think the reality and the nuances of this debate conflict, I think, with some of their broader rhetoric about this and that the president later that day was making some pretty bold declarations about bringing back manufacturing to the United States in a large-scale way. And that's something that a lot of companies and experts in the field say is going to be very difficult. In this whole debate about manufacturing, whether it's here in the U.S. or overseas, what role do we, the consumers, play in all of this? We spoke to labor activists on the ground in some of these countries like Bangladesh, for example, where the minimum wage is one of the lowest in the world. And they said, don't stop buying clothes from Bangladesh, but just be vocal to the companies that are making clothes in our country and tell them you want to make sure that you understand how those items are being produced. And so it is a complicated issue because people who rely on these factories for jobs don't want them to go away. They just want their quality of life to be improved and the minimum wage to go up often in these places. Well, Matea, thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me. Matea Gold is a national reporter with The Washington Post. You can find a link to the story she and her colleagues wrote at our website, wnyc.org. And I'm Charlie Herman, and this is Money Talking from WNYC. WNYC.